once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all. And blew it. Left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves and Rob McFarland. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane. Welcome to the show where two best mates thinly veil their mental health check-in once a week to see how the other one is doing as a movie podcast. Woo! Whoop, whoop! Thinly veiled. <laughs> so it's important to us that before we get to what we're doing, we ask the real question, the reason we're here. Ben, how are you doing? I am doing a little bit better than I was, which is nice. Yeah, you were in it last time. Yeah, for a couple of weeks, I have been in a blender, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mentals have been south. On the plus side, you've been horrible to hang out with, so... See? And that's helping me because I'm introverted and I don't like people. So. There we go. Brilliant. <laughs> See? All fixed. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, I went paintballing yesterday, so that was good. Nice. Catharsis. Yeah. I got some great shots in. On you or on other people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, I have got the gnarliest bruise on my kidney. We were playing this mm. game called Capture the Flag, where you have yep. to run to the center of the field and like switch the flag over. Yeah. And uh, there, I didn't see that there was a teenager camping the other side of this bit of wood. Right. Because as we all know, teenagers, you're not fully grown yet. Yeah, yeah. You can fit into places that most people wouldn't <laughs> check, right? So I run into this thing, mm-hmm. switch the flag, and as I turn around to run away and get to cover... Get nailed in the kidney. Dude, he was unbelievably close mm-hmm. to my... It was like a foot away, right? <laughs> so what you're saying is you've been nailed in the kidney and you're... What it basically means is you're so queer-coded at this point, Ben, that you even wee pink. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I've got, I'm mate, supporting the, the, my people. <laughs> literally, in that snap second, mate, I have. I was forced to make a decision. Right. Uh, turn around and shoot this literal child in the face. Mm-hmm from a foot away right as if to go that's how much you've just hurt me or do the responsible thing put your hand up because you're out and that's how painful yeah. works yeah so my hand went up Good and mind. i chose I, d- I didn't choose violence i chose mm-hmm. to walk away in a pout and go to the cinema to my respawn point <laughs> and then i went back onto the field but this time behind lots of wood and didn't move <laughs> which is great it was friday the 13th as well yay i finally got a chance to watch friday the 13th on mm-hmm. the big screen thank you Cineworld. it was fantastic i've never seen it on the cinema before obviously i've seen it like a thousand times yeah great experience so good. I've never seen Kevin Bacon's inexplicable weird direction that big before. <laughs> it was it was it was wonderful. Wonderful. How about you, buddy? How are you? Uh I'm no longer ill, so I have I have free airways. Good stuff. Good I stuff. I can go to man. sleep and not have to like cover my cover my lips in chapstick. Yeah, you look fantastic, by the way. The Thank chapstick's you. really working. If only I'd put it on my lips. <laughs> uh, and I've been watching mm. some really trashy films lately. I watched uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, I hate you. which I was fully <laughs> expecting to be awful. 
And is it's you got to suspend a lot of disbelief, but once you do, it's a joy. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? It is a bit of fun. The only slight yeah. issue is is that about five minutes in, I realised that I'd never seen Tom Cruise stood next to a co-star with both their feet in frame. <laughs> and I was like, it's because he stood on a box. And then every scene that he's doing these intense, dramatic scenes with, all these intense, yeah, romantic yeah, yeah, yeah. scenes, I'm like, he stood in a box, he stood in a box, he stood in a box, he stood yeah. in a box. And it did, it did somewhat take away from the did it film. bring you out of it a little bit? A yeah. little bit, a little bit. i tell you what yeah. it didn't bring me out of, right? What's that? What are we doing this week, Ben? Mm. Because it's a, special, it's a special episode this week, isn't it? Some of you... Some of you more observant listeners may have been expecting National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets and were shocked to find when clicking on this episode that we got the title slightly wrong. We did. Today is a very special episode indeed, buddy. Uh, Studio Canal are launching the new streaming service on Amazon Prime. Studio Canal presents, and they have personally asked us to cover a film in their catalogue. We browsed that list and it was a rough time picking them because there are some absolute <laughs> yeah, gems on that list, buddy. Train to Train to Busan. Train to Busan. That was that was going to be the choice. That was going to be it. Mm-hmm. But then you know, Deer Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, Cliffhanger, personal favorite. Dead silence from you. Yeah, Dead silence from you. That's perfect. There you go. That's all I needed. Yeah, I what, you, I had the NES game as a kid. That's as much as I can relate right, to that. Well, film. we're going to get to and because it was an NES game, it was solid. And I now have bad feelings related towards Sylvester Stallone going up cliffs. Right. Because if you can get past that first screen, you're a better man than I. Okay. Then in that case, we're 100 percent covering <laughs> soon. Uh, Eden Lake. I really wanted to do Eden Lake. That's a brutal mm-hmm. British film where. Fastbender's actually Irish. What a rare treat. <laughs> Four Lions, which I really wanted to do. Great movie. But then we thought promoting it would be problematic as two white guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hard. I wonder, social videos would have been Social videos would have been taken down <laughs> quite quickly, given the nature of yeah. some of the sort of handicam footage of that, of that film. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been flagged. Uh, but it's an absolute embarrassment of riches on Studio Canal Presents. They have every good film ever. But we went with The Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter. I had never seen this film before, by the way. I've heard about it. Mm -hmm. I've heard people talking about it. It just never really appealed to me. So I'm glad that we've done it because it's pushed me out of my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I'm always thankful for. Yeah, I so nearly picked this film a number of times. There were so many series that I will get into it. This film was released in 1978. It was the first of America's Vietnam War movies. It predates Apocalypse Now. It predates Platoon. It predates a lot of that stuff. It's directed by Michael Cimino. Mm-hmm. It was made for $15 million, which is about 80 mil in today's money. Jesus um, Christ. Bearing man. in mind it's shot on film as well. So like a good chunk of that is literal film stock. Oh, f- uh, and made $45 million, which is the equivalent of 200 mil. It was nominated for <laughs> nine Oscars and Jesus. won five. Uh, it launched the career of Christopher Walken and Meryl Streep. And rightly so, because they are incredible in mm-hmm. this film, mate. Unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. So this movie is obviously like big cinema history. Big, big cinema uh-huh. history. A high watermark of narrative storytelling throughout the film. But the story it tells is one that speaks deeply to me and you. Yeah. And with our various mental issues. Yep. Our lives look very different to how they did pre-breakdown. And this is a movie that captures that difference like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. I mean, just to preface, we didn't go to the Vietnam War. No. And our troubles are a lot more middle class, pick me girl problems. But nonetheless, 
we could relate, <laughs> right? <It's, laughs> I mean, that, don't just write after that. <laughs> yeah, you agree. You agree with that broad statement I made about both of us. Sure. Now, for our regular listeners, you know what we do now. We drop a big old spoiler warning because some people saw this film years ago and barely remember what happens in it. Yep. Some people are never planning to see this film. And so now's the point where we break down the plot of the film so everyone's on the same page and knows exactly what we're talking about later in the episode. Yeah. But with that comes the fact that we are about to tell you what's what's going to happen in this film. So if you are planning to watch this on Studio Canal Presents, which we recommend you do, pause it. We recommend you do. Go do that and then come back. We're still here. We're still going to want your attention. Yeah. Right? Oh, we're desperate for the attention. Like, yeah. you can pause it, go watch the movie on Studio Canal Presents, and then come back to us. You know what I mean? We We definitely want the attention. We're just happy to wait for it. Yeah. For your benefit. You know what I mean? And on that note, Ben, break it down. Ready? All right. So again, this is one that you've written and I have not read. So <laughs> bear with me, dear listener. I love doing this to you. Yeah, I know. I'm quite into it now, too. How many nine-syllable words can I cram in? <laughs> <laughs> you treat writing these breakdowns like an episode of Countdown. You're just sort of like, maybe I could just run the entire thing through a thesaurus. <laughs> The Deer Hunter, directed by Michael Cimino, is an epic war drama that unfolds in three incredibly uneven paced acts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> Set in Clareton, a small industrial town in Pennsylvania, the story begins with a close-knit group of friends. Michael, played by Robert De Niro, Stephen, played by John Savage, Nick, played by Christopher Walken, Stan, played by John Casale. Casale, nailed it, nice. Casale, uh, John and Axel. Played by people. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we don't talk about them so much later on, so we don't need it's, to know them. Yeah. Their lives are centered around their shared love for deer hunting, their strong friendship, most of them working at the local steel mill and drinking at the clapped out bar John owns. The boys drink to celebrate Stephen's imminent marriage, a lavish ceremony at the local Russian Orthodox Church. After this very extended scene of the very extended ceremony, the plot slows <laughs> even further to depict the entire town's attendance to the wedding reception. Although here we do learn a lot about our boys. Uh, half of the group have been drafted to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. uh, the groom, Stephen, is in fact not the father of his bride's baby. Fucking rough. Rumour instead being that um, Nick is the real father. And Stan, uh, played by John Casale, is a little fucking bitch. Is Nick the father? I thought Mike was the father. Wow, no. So uh, in the film, it doesn't say. And then later on record, Michael Cimino came out and said it was Nick was the real father. Um, because it, Michael really seems upset. more like the guy, right? Because he's hitting on yeah, Nicky's Michael, girlfriend. Mate, all Michael is Mr. Fuck Your Girl. <laughs> yeah, like, he really he's is. the guy that's... He's just trying to fuck everyone's girlfriend. Like, it's <laughs> it's just this thing. It's his thing. Don't kink shame. No, no, no. I'm not kink shaming, man. You do your thing. You know what I mean? Who am I to tell you how to live your life? You just do you. In the film, though, mm. uh, Stan grabs Mike by the yeah. the blazer. It's just sort of, so rumor has it. Mm, I think it's it was you. Of, I think it's that thing of like maybe on their this person's wedding day. Let's not mention the infidelity. Right. That's a bit of a dick move. Stan, played by John Cazale. Get you, get you, get you, get you. Get Stop you. being such a fucking little bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. All right, I got you. I got you. <laughs> also included are scenes of Michael De Niro creeping on Nikki's girlfriend, as we've just discussed mm -hmm. and everyone else's girlfriend to be fair <laughs> played by meryl streep in her first on-screen role imagine that. by the way 
incredible role to play. Mm-hmm. While Christopher Walken's Nicky stares on oblivious, this man's eyes are painted on. <laughs> I don't understand how he doesn't see his best friend and roommate uh. desperately trying to shag his girlfriend. It's, it's insane to me. So oblivious, in fact, that Nicky proposes to Linda, seemingly unthreatened by Michael's advances on his now fiance. The bride and groom depart for their honeymoon and the party finally fucking ends. Uh, the gang chasing off the car and going their separate ways. Uh, there's a little scene where Nicky demands Michael uh, to not leave him in Vietnam. He's like, don't leave me there, Mike. I need you to promise. I can't do Christopher Walken. I need you to promise me. Oh, you can't either. You- Great. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> they reconvene in the morning, having not slept or stopped drinking and go hunting. Great idea. Michael loses his shit at Stan for not bringing his boots. Understandable. Choosing to turn the event into an issue of Stan's lack of self-reliance. Something he's going to need a lot more of now that Michael, Nikki and Stevie are going to war. Beautiful shots of the Pennsylvania countryside linger as they continue being drunk assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Michael gets his prize buck deer with one shot. That's not what I wrote. I wrote, but not with one clean shot. We disagree on this. Yeah, we do. That's why I ignored what you'd written and said with one clean shot. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you want to go into the, the animal getting killed or do you want to skip past because it no, makes you sad? No, because I will cry. I, so this is still very yeah. fresh for so me. So agree with right. me. It's not one shot. Oh, got you. Yeah, yeah. So no, it kind of makes it worse. If it was with one shot, it's out of its misery. If it's not with one shot, it's been stabbed. That's why he doesn't like it. That's why he, that's why he wants it to be one shot. Oh, God. Because he okay. agrees with you. All right. Fine. But not with the one clean shot he's decided it needs to count. Mm -hmm. They return to the bar and they share one last melancholy drink before the boys' deployment. Smash cut to Vietnam. The pigs are eating scraps of person in a bombed-out village. A Viet Cong soldier finds a hidey hole full of civilians like mothers and babies and straight up just hands them a live grenade, closes the lid, walks (laughs) off, right? That's a way to put it. Michael sees this, flambes him with a flamethrower before they get all captured (laughs) by the enemy. (laughs) Sorry, flambe, I am a chef, I should know, right? I was going to (laughs) say! Less than two minutes of screen time after we see them at war, they are already prisoners being kept like waist deep in river water beneath a shack waiting to be plucked like livestock from their cage and forced to play Russian roulette against each other. It's insane. Russian roulette is the one where you put the bullet in the revolver, you spin the chamber and then you try and shoot your own face or head. (laughs) Or try not to, I think is the... Try not to. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, to win, you don't die. There you go. We've got depression, so so we're trying to shoot ourselves in the head. (laughs) I got you, I got you, I got you. (laughs) If you think about it, though, no one really loses at this game. And if you do, you're not going to know about it. You know what I mean? We'll get into that. (laughs) It's a 100% win rate. (laughs) (laughs) Escape and their captors succeeds in getting all three out, but not together. Nikki stays behind in Vietnam, mentally scarred and unsure if he can ever return home. Finding behind a dark alley a club that has turned Russian roulette into a semi-professional gambler's sport. Disgusted, he runs off narrowly missing Michael's attempts to reconnect. On Michael's return, he finds his hometown unchanged, yet totally different. Uh, Stevie's made at home, but with less leg than your average snake, and as armed as a Buddhist temple. Um, <laughs> it's what? As, as unarmed as a Buddhist yeah, temple? Yeah, because Buddhists are famously pacifists, aren't they? So they, they, don't, they don't bear arms, neither does... Oh my god, <laughs> is that a reference because he loses an arm? <laughs> Might be. Mate... Anyway, less leg than an average snake, fully on board for. 
<laughs> his wife's barely able to speak because of the trauma of how different her life has become. So we see them get married and then Michael returns and their life is just shit mixed. Mm. Uh, Michael does reconnect with Linda, and although some spark remains, he's not the same man who can just relax in his home, uh, preferring instead the seedy motel at the side of town. Um, and not even for the hookers. Not even for the hookers. He just likes the motel. Yeah. With the train noise, yeah. A broken man. On a visit to Stevie in his veterans' hospital, Michael has shown Stevie's drawer of cash and wooden elephants sent by an unknown address in Vietnam. Convinced this is being sent by Nikki, Michael returns to the tropics to hunt down his best friend in the very place they were so desperate to leave. He pays a liquid <laughs> fuck ton of money yeah. to track down his friend. He really One does. wad of cash at a time. It is mind-blowing yeah. that a, a recent Vietnam vet would have this, this amount of cash. My theory is that he's loose. taken the, the, the wooden elephant draw money from Stevie. Right, so Mike has got Mike has dragged Stevie out of a uh, of a vet hospital, mm-hmm. stolen all of his money. By the way, a veterans hospital, not a veterinary hospital. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My roommate is a puppy, so he steals his cash. Yeah, he goes back to Vietnam. Yeah, to gamble on fucking Russian roulette. Yeah, what's he going to spend it on? Shoes. Uh, he finds Nikki playing Russian Fair. roulette. For- <laughs> <laughs> he finds Nikki playing Russian roulette for money, totally vacant and unemotionally just risking his life over and over and over God. again. He's got no yeah. memory of his friends, his hometown, his fiance, and in order to even speak with Nikki, Michael must once more play the game, spinning the cylinder of a gun before pulling the trigger that's pointed at his own fucking head. Jesus. Just Christ, as Nikki, man. yeah, just as Nikki begins to come back to himself, uh Nikki fires the gun and kills himself. <sighs> And the film ends with the remnants of the friendship group sort of sitting in John's bar after Nikki's funeral, joylessly singing together as they contemplate everything that's changed in the years since that first wedding. What a fucking jolly time that was, (laughs) hey? What a jolly time that was. Laugh a minute of a movie, mate. One of my favourites. All right. I said earlier that this isn't for me. This isn't my cup of tea, right? But I knew knew that going in. Yeah, I think I did too. I mm. went in with it being like, if, if this was going to be for me, I would have seen it by now. Yeah. But what I need to point out is how important this film is, right? This is possibly mm. a perfect movie. Ooh. It's like without a shadow of a doubt, I, I can't, I cannot take a single thing away from this film. I have min- minor, minor criticism. Right. But that is it. Okay. The rest of it is so unflinchingly painful to watch. Right, yeah. You're experiencing everything in real time that that the characters in front of you are experiencing in real time. And it has to be played out in a way that is A, respectful, Mm -hmm. B, delicate, C, tender, but D, and possibly most importantly, diabolically brutal. Yeah, it really is. On every front, physically, so emotionally, is. mentally. Yeah. Uh, it's it's draining to watch this film. And to for a bit of cinema mm-hmm. to have that effect on you. From 1978, we're watching it in 2023, and to have that effect on me now, watching this for the first time. 50 years later. Literally, yeah. I was in bits, mate. Mm-hmm. I was dead in the water. Yeah. Dead in the water. The cast in this film, oh, my god yeah 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 de niro insane yeah like i i know he's a great actor i know he's an incredible actor 
but it's good to see like there's only so many uh like meet the parents that he can be in before it becomes quite easy to forget exactly the kind of actor that he's capable of being dirty grandpa that kind mm-hmm. of shit and you're like oh he's actually really funny and then mm-hmm. he kind of gets known for being that <laughs> yeah he's, that, he's the oh. guy that can do that you know what i mean oh he's the grumpy granddad <laughs> he's the grumpy granddad. Now yeah. in this, he's the PTSD struggling, war-torn, mm. broken shell of a man. Yeah. But you see the whole transition. I mean, walking. Christopher Walken in this film, mate, I have never, never mm-hmm. had my heart broken Oof. as thoroughly yeah. as Christopher Walken broke my heart in this film. It's... His transition's disgusting. Savage. There's that scene where he, um, Christopher Walken post- vietnam he's in the hospital and they're like mate what's your name and he just about whispers his name out and then they ask him for the date of birth of his parents and he suddenly realizes that's the moment he realizes he can't remember the date of birth of his parents and he just he just every time he goes to speak he just goes and then and then like oh it's devastating okay i finished this film this morning right (laughs) that's the first bit that fully i was like i was sobbing because his he's masking Mm -hmm. he's masking to a point he's watching his his comrades his his Mm -hmm. people that he's been at war with he's watching these dead bodies just get loaded Mm -hmm. into vans anonymous coffins just getting loaded up like cargo his bed's next to a guy with no arms exactly he's wearing the guy the guy with no arms hospital tag because the other guy can't wear it yeah Oh my god! And then when he start, he's he's masking it all really well. He's sitting on a thing. He looks he looks you know cool, calm, and collected. The yeah. second that he's asked to remember his past life and where mm. he came from, and his mask slips a little bit. Mm. Fuck me, man! Yeah. Hold on one sec. <laughs> one sec. Woo! <laughs> Are you on the edge? Are you on the? You're Mate, teetering I'm on the teetering, edge of tears. Man. I'm teetering, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm teetering. Hold on, hold on. My mask slipped a little, one sec. Mm-hmm. It's the way he holds his face, that beautiful yeah. bastard, man. Oh my God. The whole cast's incredible, man. <sighs> Savage. Kazali. Yeah. Mate, mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. Literally mind-blowing. Right, so here's a fun fact, John Kazali, who plays Stan in this, the the, the little, little bitch of a man that he is. Uh, mm. When I was first going to bring this film, I was going to bring it as a John Kazale series, because John Kazale has only done five films. Okay. Every single one of them has been nominated for Best Picture. Well, that's a solid hit rate, isn't it? He played Freddo in The Godfather. Yeah. He played Al Pacino's lover in Dog Day Afternoon. Nice. Uh, he was in The Conversation with Gene Hackman. He was in Godfather Part Two, and he was in this. And he was very Ooh. nearly not in this because the reason he's only got five films, unfortunately, is that he was diagnosed and died with lung cancer. Uh, which he was suffering very badly with during the filming of this. They shot all of his scenes Wait, first. In the, in production, he was going through in all production, of this. In production, yeah, yeah. He was dating Meryl Streep, and she threatened to walk out of the picture when the studio said that they weren't willing to have Kazale in the film because they, they couldn't insure him. And in the end, Streep, Streep threatened to walk, and De Niro paid all of Kazale's insurance. There's a documentary about him and, and every actor that worked with him. And you've got these greats like Steve Buscemi and Philip Seymour Hoffman just being like, in every role, he is mm. 100% that character perfectly and, and acting me, great. Man. And because it's one of five, I was like, we could do that as a series. Yeah. Because, I mean, every, yeah, every single film. Uh, this, like, this film was nominated for nine Oscars. You know, talk about appearing in great films. This and one had Niro, nine. De Niro paid for his insurance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he could be in the film. You know how... 
a moment ago I said it was teetering and then you decide to drop oh yeah by the way you know Kazale who we're mm. just fucking in awe of yeah he was dying this whole production did he see it? no he never saw the completed film fuck off man <laughs> I'm sorry buddy bro this is a f- this is the toughest watch that I've had in such a long time man I'm act- okay <clears throat> right Little little Vietnam War film. Little Vietnam War film <laughs> that isn't even about Vietnam. It's not. It's really, it's really not. It's literally not. It's just focused on this little friendship mm-hmm. group and the way that their life changes, their community mm-hmm. changes, their hometown changes whilst they're away at war and the long-lasting effect mm-hmm. that they have because of their experiences there. Do you know what I mean? It's an interesting document of American history because it was 50 years ago, right? And so yeah, things yeah, yeah. that were normal when this film was contemporary you can see now so the film opens with them doing their factory work and it is literally filthy work there is black dense mm. oil smog coming out of things and they've got no masks they just literally got some tin foil on no, no, no. to stop them from the yeah. heat while they're pouring literal iron down gutters you know the, the sort of heavy industry and then you've got this population of second generation immigrants living in this yeah. industrial steel town that looks like Romania yeah, yeah. everything is clapped out the cars yeah. are knackered. The houses are knackered. Yeah. Always in the in the skyline, you've got this great, grey, grim, evil factory that just dominates the horizon. Yeah. And you're like, you forget that America lived like that for decades, right? There's, I think there's still small towns that live like that, man. Right. And then you cut to the church where the wedding happens, and it's this beautifully yeah. adorned... Incredible. Like, beautifully... And then you can see where all the communities poured their money and their priorities. That sort of traditional yeah, yeah. traditional family values of these recent immigrants from Eastern mm. Europe. And there's a little scene when they're getting married, and Stanley, um, played by John Cazale, does the sign of the cross, and, and Michael, played by Robert De Niro, sort of looks over him incredulous. He's, like, surprised that his friend cares about these customs. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's this lovely thing where you sort of realise that their parents are first-generation immigrants, but they've grown up there. They're new Americans. They're not from the old country. They're they're brand-new, minted, factory-fresh, still-got-the-new-book-smell Americans. But they still have those values, right? They still have those values, but they're kind of kicking against them because they're not the values that they see because they're Americans, not Romanians, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they love this new country. That is their new country. They are Americans. They're so grateful for their love of it off they go to war for it. And it's a thing that you see in a set design and a look from some of the characters. It's incredibly subtle placement of where they are socioeconomically and where they are like intellectually in that. It's incredible to do with set design and a look from a character. Dude, the the character... Essentially, this film is just character study. It's nothing but character arc. Like, it is an impact analysis of war trauma on our three main fellas from the friendship group. With this, right, it means that the film is punishing to watch. The first time through is is violently slow. It feels like a five-hour long movie. (laughs) it does. (laughs) I messaged you after an hour saying, how am I only two hours into this? And then looked at the time and was like, (laughs) how the fuck am I only an hour into this? For like the first <laughs> hour, there is no plot. You you have no idea what's happening, why it's happening, or where we're going with this. Ooh, There's just I, observing people in their habitat. Okay. It's human zoo for the first hour. I, I'll agree to a point. I do have a point on it to come back to a little bit later. Right, okay. But I'll agree to a point. The The first part of the movie is painfully slow. Yeah. Because you're, you are being immersed in this mm-hmm. small industrial town, right? Yeah. 
This is pre-Nam. It's Batman Begins. Yeah. It's the most boring part. <laughs> but you need it for the backstory, right? You, do, you need you to do. see where they come from, what they hold dear, mm-hmm. where their values lie, how they interact with each other, how they live their life day to day. Boringly. The only th- <laughs> in real time. Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all in real time. Like yeah. you, you see Christopher Walken clean his shoes for about 15 minutes. Like, <laughs> and that's not a joke. No. It's there's a whole discussion about it. Their entire day of like, oh, we're gonna go to the bar and then we're gonna go get ready for the wedding. And then yeah. we're gonna go to the wedding and then we're gonna travel from the wedding to the reception. You're like, I yeah. I'm sure I don't need to see them travel from scene to scene. Oh, but we do. Right. Oh, but we do, because it's the little tiny, it's the mm. nuanced interactions between the characters that really sort of, they really stick you in. So it doesn't matter whether you like these guys or not, mm-hmm. you know them. You do. You really, really That's do. That's the point of the yeah, film. Yeah. You have it's, to it's know. Like, it's like there's three distinct sections in their lives, right? And and the first one is about... Pre-Nam. Yeah. It could have been a trilogy. Film one, pre-Nam, right? Yeah. Boring as fuck. Batman Begins, yeah. need it for backstory. Yeah. Second film, Nam. Big fucking war. Terrible, terrible time. Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prisoners of wars. Yeah. Escape. Yeah. Then you have film three, The Fallout, which is where they go back to their hometown and they figure out what yeah. has just happened. How do we now adjust back into our old life? Mm-hmm. Is our old life still the same? Do we fit into the friendship group mm-hmm. that we loved but left? Do we just come back into this into our same roles? Has anyone changed? Have people grown up? Yeah. What was life like without me being here and how do I get back into this? Totally, but I think the the where that trilogy concept falls down is that the middle film, the Nam, mm. is incredibly short compared to the first and second. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. They're, the, they're actually not abroad for all that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of it is taken in this shack where they are. It's a disgustingly effective scene. So it, it doesn't I don't think it could be longer. I don't think I could tolerate it for any longer because it's it's men who were not long out of their adolescence. Yeah. Literally being pulled up, like I said, like livestock, forced to play this game and slapped around the face while some Vietnamese guys, none of it's subtitled because they don't know what's going on. So we don't know what's going on. They're literally yeah. just being made to load a bullet in a gun while some Vietnamese mm-hmm. guy slaps around and goes, Mao! 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 <laughs> Which is the whole like, do it, do it, do it. Mao! 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 Funny fact, actually, the woman who was given the task of casting the extras had a nightmare because no one was willing to slap the actors for real. Why? Well, because firstly, you've got people from another culture coming to make a film. Yeah. You've got their movie stars. It's like, right, sit on the table and just slap the shit out of him the whole day. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone comes to me on a Tuesday afternoon, right? (laughs) Right. And he's like, hey, man, I've got a job for you. And I'm like, right, yeah. All right. Yeah. What is it? It's in the film industry. You're going to be in a big movie. Yeah. Robert De Niro, some new dude <laughs> called Christopher Walken. He's all right. Yeah. What you need to do is sit at this table, scream Mao, and slap him in the face. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. sign me up, buddy. Sign me up. You're in luck because the casting agent knew a local okay. who hated Americans and cast him. <laughs> <laughs> and so Brilliant. Walken and De Niro were just there being slapped for real. Amazing. There's a bit where Christopher Walken basically spits in De Niro's mouth later in the film. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, De Niro's yeah. trying to grab him by the shoulders and be like, Nicky, Nicky, it's me, don't you remember? And he just looks at him expressionless, blank, just spits yeah. at him. Totally unscripted. 
totally unscripted, hadn't cleared it with De Niro, wasn't like, do you mind if I put fluids in you? So his whole reaction to being spat yeah, in yeah. the face was completely real, because <laughs> right, you yeah. see the flicker of rage yeah, yeah, when yeah. it hits his face, he's like, you see his, mm-hmm. his grip tighten. Like. He nearly walked off set, he had to be talked back onto set, and he said, he said later, Robert De Niro said later of Christopher Walken, he's like, that guy's got balls. Yeah. <laughs> I d- dude... I would okay. Spitting in someone's face is a different mm. ball game to slapping them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a different ball. That's a whole other like. That's that's like intimate yeah. hatred. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But I but I think I think that reality was necessary, and I think it's the reason the Vietnam segment is so short because it is so difficult to watch. Because at a certain point, I'm watching the sort of helpless rage. Yeah, that they're incredibly good at portraying. Mate. And it, it sort of strikes you that these are this is someone's son. This is someone's little boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's grown up. And he's in this Dude. situation and there's nothing he can do. He has to do it. And De Niro's ability to to portray that is... It's ridiculous. Though De Niro, that whole scene mm. is so intense. But again, yeah. going back to the prenum bit, you needed the prenum bit to set up that scene perfectly, right? So in the prenum bit, we see that Nikki sort of looks up to Mike. Yeah. It's his, it's his best friend. It's his ride yeah, or die. Yeah. It's a, I would take a bullet for you. And he yeah. proves that in this scene. He does. Because right? he's he's looking to Nikki. He's looking to Mike mm-hmm. for that reassurance as if to be sort of like, I'm I'm trusting you with my fucking life here, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You're telling me that there's a way out of this. I'm yeah. I'm gonna trust you, but I need you to I need you to feed him. And me. Michael's like, the way out of it is we get we get him to triple the stakes and put three bullets in the gun. So it's a 50-50 yeah. chance when you pull that trigger. And he still talks Nikki yeah. into it. And he's just sort of like, just pull the trigger. Just get it mm-hmm. done. Just get it done. We need to get out of here. This is how we do it. Mm-hmm. And it is unrelenting tough love. And Nikki has nothing but trust for Mike. And yeah. it is, you see the rage and the fear and the sheer like gravity of the situation of having a lo- a possibly loaded gun mm-hmm. to the side of your head and then being forced to pull the trigger yourself it is agonizing to watch yeah. agonizing yeah yeah de niro mm-hmm. in this film mate is a cunt <laughs> he is an absolute I mean say what cunt. you really feel Ben <laughs> yeah so I'm having a, I'm having a rough one all right I'm having a sensitive few, I'm, I'm in my I'm in my feels yeah yeah He's a cunt, mm-hmm. but he had me in bits, man. He had me in bits. I, I sobbed mm-hmm. multiple times around Mike and Nikki's relationship. Do you know what got me the most with Mike, in, in, especially in the Vietnam bit? Go on. Is that we've seen him be this kind of leader of, of the pack. He thinks he's above everyone. He thinks he's, you know, Stan says, oh, can I borrow your boots? He's like, no, you can't borrow my boots. You're always needing stuff. You're always... And he seems to be this, like, self-reliance. You've got, you've got to be out there for yourself. Mm. The second Stevie's having a bad, Stevie's having a really bad time underneath the shack. And the whole scene is just De Niro's Michael just stroking him on the arm, hugging him, being like, it's okay, it's okay, I'm here, I'm going to make this through. And it's so soft and it's so maternal. It really is. I have a theory on this, by the way. Right. I think when they're back in Clareton in mm-hmm. their hometown and they're on their last hunting trip and yeah. Stanley forgets his boots mm-hmm. and Mike turns it into this huge thing being like, you are not borrowing my boots. Mm-hmm. You always forget stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think it's down to him being like, you need to look after yourself because I'm not going to be here anymore. And totally. if I don't come back, who's yeah. going to give you the spare boots? And it's it's a tough love thing, right? Totally. But then when he when he's in Vietnam, mm-hmm. he is there for Stevie because he's, he's physically there. So he's yeah, able yeah. to look after him. Which again, 
incredibly hard to pull off in a performance like this because you do just look like a cunt. <laughs> I think it's also an inter- incredibly contemporary portrayal of a rounded man for a 78 yeah, film. You know, he's 100%. capable of the softness. He's capable of the maternal side and that that sensitive side of masculinity that yeah. I don't think... We're, let's say it was thrown out for the 80s heroes, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay, I'll agree on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that element to it where even when he's been a, a, like mm. an absolute bell end to you and he's having a go at you, it's from a place of love. Yeah, 100%. The whole thing about trying to fuck your girlfriend, I don't know. I don't think yeah. that's from a place of love. I no, think that's I don't from... think it is, but I think it makes him a wonderfully rounded character. Definitely. He's not a good guy. He's a real guy. He has his flaws. Yeah. He does he's not a good guy, guy, not a bad guy. Yep. He's just the guy. You yeah. know what I mean? He's the guy of this group. Yeah. He is who he is. Great. And I think it's Incredible. why he's, I think it's why he's the my favorite or the person I relate to the most because Okay. Before they leave, before the, the pre-NAM section, Clareton yeah. really feels like their whole world. Yes. They're part of it. As, they're as much a part of Clareton as Clareton is a part of them. Yes. It all just flows. They are cogs and everything is spinning smoothly. Mm-hmm. And it's mundane like any perfectly working mechanism is. There's no drama, right? Yeah. It's every small town. And when they return... Chimino even does this with the, you know, when they return, it's winter. So everything just feels colder and more alien. Yes. And more bare. Right? Yeah, yeah, And Steve, yeah. Stevie says, when Michael tries to get Stevie out of the veterans hospital, he's like, no, man, I, I don't fit. And I think the theme, the theme of this film where, as you know and I know, mm-hmm. something happens and suddenly you don't fit in your own life anymore. Right? <sighs> we yeah. had our breakdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, we tr- you and I could try and tell ourselves that we feel as comfortable in our skin as we did before. But we can't because our skin and the bodies we live in and the minds we drive, mm-hmm. we're the ones who ruined it all, right? Oh, definitely. We can't, definitely. we can't trust ourselves anymore. Yeah. We used to be able to trust ourselves and life was easy when we could because we thought we knew best. Yeah. And then life came along and said, no, you don't. We carved out this little place for ourselves and yeah. then realized that that little place mm. was horrible to exist in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And yeah. was like, okay, now I have to go back to zero. Yeah, exactly. And start again. Where do I begin? In their case, it was Vietnam. In your case, it was getting shot in the kidneys during paintball. But... There's an analogy. I swear to God, I, d- I was so close to shooting that child in the face, mate. I w- with a paintball gun, with a paintball Mao! gun. Mao! Mao! <laughs> Get out of my face, Mao! But yeah, I, th- I think that's what relates. Or the reason I relate to Mike is that Nikki. This happens to Nikki, and he goes, "I can never go back," and he stays hmm. in his very own personal war. And it happens to Stevie, and he goes, "I can never go back," and he stays in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Michael is the last guy to realize that everything's changed. And he tries to go on. God, man. And I can remember times in my life where people, I would tell people about what I was doing with my life and how I was feeling. And they're like, yeah. why are you still living like this? You need to stop. And me being like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine. It's all good. That was it's the mask though, isn't it, man? That's the mask. And that's why he's my favorite. Okay. So Mike's the most relatable for you. I think. I think for me... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Nick, right? Wholeheartedly, God, just thinking about it, man. Yeah, here we go, brave boy. Just brave thinking boy. about it, man. I know you're on the verge of tears, but it's because it's an excellent film that you should go see on Studio Canal Plus. Mao, you should. Mao, go Mao. Studio Canal Plus. Start your seven day free trial now. Mao. So, Nicky, fuck, fucking Nicky, man. Walken's an absolute cock end for this. Like, honestly, it's. 
Un- unreal. Unreal. He has no right living <laughs> in my emotions this much as he does. So after huge, huge psychological trauma, right? Mm-hmm. The sitting opposite his best friend, not knowing whether he's going to kill himself or watch his best friend kill himself. Mm-hmm. And then having to shoot his way out of a Vietnamese prisoner of war camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He deems that his former life is now gone. There is nothing back there for him. There's no going back. There's no yeah, thinking yeah. back to the way life was. It's it's too much. It's too upsetting because it will never. Yeah. It will never be Clareton ever mm-hmm. again. No. It's. <laughs> Come on, buddy. You got. Yeah, this, buddy. I got it. I got it. I got it. One sec. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. He own okay. <laughs> towards the <laughs> oh, fuck off, man. <laughs> so towards the end of the film, yeah, he now no longer values his own life unless it is under threat. Yeah, so he only gives himself value mm-hmm. when he's sitting at a table mm-hmm. with a chant, a one in six chance. Mm, yeah, he might die of shooting himself in a head. Yeah, so strangers can gamble on it. Yeah, and that's where he deems his, himself valuable now. So. You've just mentioned how me and you sort of carved a life out for ourselves, and yeah. um, it was horrible. Successful we careers that we <laughs> exactly <laughs> fucking that despised. we dreamed of, and then we got there and hated. Yeah, yeah, got there, hated. It ruined us. Had mental breakdowns. Ended up hospitalized. And yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I used to feel alive when there was an element of danger. Yeah, it was living dangerously. I mean, by the end, bef- I mean, by the time that I went sober. Mm-hmm. I was drinking between half a litre and a litre of whiskey a day. I was sniffing cocaine mm-hmm. daily because I needed to, I needed something to pick me up mm-hmm. from, the whis- from, that, yeah. from that mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'd get myself into a mess and I needed something to pick me up so I could keep going. Yeah. But then by keeping going, I would keep drinking the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was a, it was a yeah. disgusting place to be living. I was drinking myself towards an early grave. I was sniffing myself towards an early grave. Career decisions were just landing me in shit left, right, and center. I was making enormous life decisions. Yeah. Within seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it was a snapshot thing yeah, of yeah. like, yeah, fuck it. I'll figure it out in a bit. There's only a one in six chance this will go wrong. That is exactly <laughs> it, man. That is exactly yeah. it. Yeah. So now, and that's where I got my self worth from. That's, that's what I was bringing mm. to the table. I was bringing an exciting lifestyle. Pulling the rabbit out of the bag. Exactly, man. Doing the statistically improbable. Aren't I great? Look at the incredible risk that I was willing to take and then took yep. because I'm hardcore and I'm incredible exactly. and I managed to get it done. No one else is willing to take that risk. It's like, dude, no one else is willing to take that risk because it's a stupid risk that you don't have to be taking. Yeah. yeah, no one else has put themselves in that fucking position. No one else has put a mental. bullet in the gun. <laughs> like, yeah, stop yeah. being fucking weird. Yeah. But that's with watching Nikki have this mm-hmm. breakdown, the transition of Nikki going from the happy, fun loving, mm-hmm. you know, the sort of cracking jokes at the bar. Yeah. Oh, I've got a hundred dollars for the next person. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. dumb shit at the bar, right? Yeah. Drinking with his buddies, going on hunting. And then you see him in the hospital where he yeah. full his mask starts to slip. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my God. And then you see the cold, emotionless robot sat at the table opposite his best friend, Michael. The drug-addled, hollow skeleton, like thawed out, frozen behemoth of a man that is just gone. Yeah. Just so dissociated from reality. He's just gone. Do you know what? Do you know what I find the most? (sighs) Fuck me, man. (laughs) Well done, bud. You got through it. You didn't, you didn't sob. It's, 
I can yeah. see your face and I know how close you were. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, just, yeah, uh, I'm just sat here rubbing my nipples going, yeah, suffer. It's helping. <laughs> it's helping. Thanks, man. But the, there, is a, there is the last scene in this film, which is fundamentally incredibly uplifting and incredibly depressing, which is Nicky's dead. Um, he'd been flown back to the US. They've gone to his funeral. And they all very quietly and very respectfully, all sort of banter is gone. File into John's bar. Uh, John tries to make breakfast with eggs. Uh, yeah. He brings them through after a little breakdown while he's scrambling the eggs and, and starts to sing. And they all join in. It's this bizarre thing. The director says it's important that it's breakfast, not dinner. Yeah. This isn't the end of their lives. It's the start of a new day, man. It's the start of the rest of their lives. And this life isn't a nice narrative with a beginning, middle and end. Neither is this film. And they all have to go forward with this having happened. But they're there yeah. together and they're doing a thing together. Even if it's just singing a song, this is a thing that binds them together and there will be new days. There will be more meals. This is breakfast, not dinner. And it's an incredibly beautiful but also quite savage devastating. Fucking devastating, mate. <laughs> Honestly, fuck me. It's just, it's, do you know what's so lovely about it at the same time? Mm. No one's alone in it. Like, yeah. they've, they're sitting down together. Mm-hmm. They all have their own little, mm-hmm. like, support network on the go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, buddy. All right, I'm changing the subject. I'm changing the subject. I like the fact because I'm gonna get I'm gonna chat for a little bit, give you a little time to dry your weepy eyes and your yeah, breaky man. voice. Thanks, bud. That's all right. <laughs> there is a scene in here where they drive uh, Nikki's clapped out uh, El Camino car up the road. It looks like literally looks like Ecto One from Ghostbusters. Fuck yeah, it does, man. And they do, they do. The, see, I brought a Ghostbusters <coughs> reference in. I know what I know what you like. Yeah, I'm back in right? it. Yeah, I'm back in it, man. And they do this montage of them hunting in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. And I swear to God, Christopher Nolan lifted that scene mm. shot for shot for Insomnia. It is mist. It is rocks. Holy shit, it's man. It's people walking through, and it's this kind of otherworldly, dreamlike serenity in this beautiful nature with shitloads of mist, shitloads of rocks. And Al Pacino, because he couldn't get Robert De Niro, obviously. Yeah, Al Pacino yeah, yeah, walking through. It's it's Nolan. This the Nolan influences on this are huge. Yeah, mate, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. How do, how did you see Dunkirk? Okay, so this is uh, this is my only criticism of this film. Oh, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is minute, by the way. It is minuscule because, as I said previously, perfect movie. Right. Yep. Perfect movie. One tiny drawback for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like the representation of the Vietnamese or the Viet Cong, like yeah. the the people that the Americans are fighting, yeah, um, it's a little two D and a little right. sort of yeah. overly villainous. You know yes, what I mean? I can see that. I disagree, though. I have a rebuttal, but go on. That's fine. I think it's never going to age well. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> when no, you fair. sort of overly villainize, right? Uh, the current enemy. Or a very recent enemy. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. going forward in time, that's not always going to be the case. And obviously in 2023, mm-hmm. for me personally, hasn't aged great. No, I mean, you're not alone. Because I feel like it's quite flat. You're not alone. This co- this prompted one of the biggest controversies of the Berlin Film Festival when the Soviet f- delegation walked out. Shit. 
prompting the walkout of every communist nation because obviously Big Daddy Russia's walked out, so we now have to too because oh, they're shit. our biggest allies. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so like half the jury selection of the Berlin Film Festival walked out of over the depiction of the Viet Cong. Fuck. Um, so you're not alone finding it problematic. Okay. I think where it works is if you don't take it as a literal, because Russian roulette did not literally happen as a form of torture in, in Vietnam. Or yeah, if it did, it was, it was so niche as to be very historically contested. Yeah, but yeah. what it's a perfect depiction of is the random cruelty, mm. the bizarre sort of completely arbitrary evil Okay. That war is, regardless right. of who's doing it. They're doing it to each other. Their yeah, stakes yeah. are, are you going to live? Am I going to live? And it's not necessarily... Right. How else are you going to depict... The, this is the first Vietnam War movie that takes a sort of view that isn't a patriotic, yeah, we did great. Yeah, of course. As a shorthand for we're going to pack as much of trauma as they went through without mm-hmm. actually depicting the real trauma because we're not quite ready for that in cinema yet but we need to show that it's random we need to show that it's evil we need to show that it's cruel we need to show that okay. they're helpless and the that's the other thing the Viet Cong guys aren't taking the main guy isn't taking pleasure in it he's just there making yeah. them do it yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the other thing that I find interesting is when Michael and Stephen drag themselves through the fucking jungle and find the convoy, the first people that they get rescued by are Vietnamese people. They're not yeah. rescued by American soldiers. They're rescued okay. by Vietnamese allies. It's still problematic, but I think it's because it's yeah. figurative rather than literal. I got you. It's, okay, so figuratively looking at it as sort of like yeah. the enemy, regardless of who that may be, yeah, it's yeah, a much yeah. Easier right. pill to swallow in twenty. And it just so happened that the enemy in this war was a Vietnamese looking dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are okay. your like favorite points of this film? What are the what's the good? Because you've you've said it's a perfect movie. You have cried yeah. on air. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, fact, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> mercilessly tease you about. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna turn so. up the little <laughs> as well. Uh, fuck you, man. <laughs> if there's any weird edits, mate, fuck you. The videos are gonna be savage when they roll around, all right? <laughs> all right, just keep no, going. Man, I got you, and I'm actually I not only have I got you, I think it's an incredible uh depiction of well rounded masculinity in a contemporary age that you can display Thanks, that man. sensitive side. Much like not, Michael. Yeah, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like this this film hit me. Like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Fuck it. It's going to make me cry for a little while. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when we reference it in future, and I get a little bit weird about it, that's why. <laughs> all right? So just letting, letting you all know now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If ever weird about it in the future, this is why. I will get over it eventually. Probably. But what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your key takeaway of this film? What's your, your best point for The Deer Hunter? Now available on Studio Canal Presents. Mao! Mao! Go watch Mao! Uh, the pacing of this film. I... Right. D- I struggled with it. I said good points. When I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this is the best point right. of the film by a long shot, and I will mm-hmm. die on this hill. Struggled watching it with the pacing. Mm-hmm. It is painful in places. Yeah. But as soon as the credits rolled, I went and took my dog for a walk for like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And during that time, I was out in nature. Mm. I was in the trees because of Nikki. Yeah. I've done it. One sec. 
Uh, okay, I get your point. It's a late bloomer. It's a, it's a late, right. it's a late <laughs> bloomer of a movie. Like you, the credits roll, and you go, "Oh my god!" And then it's over, and then you sort of walk away, and then you go, "Oh, oh." But the, th- oh. the thing is, right, is everything is everything is paced as it is in real life. So they're experiencing things, yeah, yeah. the same pace that you're experiencing things, and it needs to be that way because the subtle plot points and mm. character development that you don't pick up on whilst you're watching yeah. are so so delicate and so mm-hmm. unbelievably necessary it's incredible like stan being a little bitch wholesome he's got this little tiny bitch. little gun that he you know, he yes. carries with him and then they go to vietnam and they come back and and michael's done this whole thing about you know you need to grow up you need to change because we're not going to be here yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. and he comes back and guess who's still a little bitch stan yes he uses the gun to overcompensate because he's a bit of a failure his hairline is fantastic. Mm. <laughs> he got Meryl Streep. I mean, John Cazale had that hairline and he was dating Meryl Streep. So They were dating in this film? Yeah, yeah. With yeah, that yeah. hairline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is my literal hero. <laughs> John Cazale, man, I'm telling you. He is my yeah. literal hero. We need to do a, a, a series on him, like 100%. Yeah, we, yeah, That yeah. needs to happen, like, as soon as possible. We can, we can dovetail the Godfather into it, and we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we, yeah we, can do the, we can do the both. We'll figure it out. But the, the whole thing, the pacing, it is impossible mm-hmm. to not know these characters, which, yeah. which fills you with the obligation to care about them. And it's, it's masterful filmmaking. Yeah, you don't necessarily like Masterful. Them. Like, you don't oh, like Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to like anyone in this mm. film, but sure as shit, you know them. Yeah. Whether you want to or not, you know them, and yeah. you will care about what happens to that person because you know them. <laughs> Whether you're rooting for them or against them, doesn't it doesn't matter. That's your yeah. call to make. But it's you know who that person is. A thousand percent. Masterful filmmaking. Yeah. Masterful. Can you imagine being the editor? <laughs> what editor? They filmed you this. They filmed yeah. everything, and everything made the cut. Ben, it's three hours, yeah. three minutes long. <laughs> Here's 195 reels of tape that I filmed over the last eight months. Um, cool, they're all in. Make it three hours. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'll just stitch them together, shall I? <laughs> Did you find anything in your research that mm. really stuck out to you? Like, really surprised right. you? Because so, obviously you've seen this before, and I've I want seen it before, you to teach me. And I, want, I wanted to... Right, so there's a there's a load. There's a load. There's the John Cazale okay. stuff. There's the Meryl Streep's yeah, yeah. first role, her threatening to walk yeah. out of her very first movie picture film cinema. For that hairline. For that hairline. <laughs> but my favourite thing is the script for this started out as a spec script written by uh, Louis Garfinkel and Quinn Redeker. Okay. Uh, that was bought for $19,000 by the studio. Jesus. It was called The Man Who Came to Play. Okay. And it was about people who go to Las Vegas to play Russian roulette. Right. The three main characters were originally one character, and it was about a gambling addict who discovers a Russian roulette club in LA, which leads me to believe wow. that this could have been the incredibly dark version of The Hangover. <laughs> Ooh. It's just Michael Tyson's headless tiger. Yeah. Michael Tyson's headless tiger and, you know, a headless dentist. Are you calling him Michael Tyson on purpose? Yes. Yes. Okay. I like I like full naming him. Okay, <laughs> it's very disconcerting. It's, it's, it's bad. Just, isn't it? It's throwing me so yeah, much. Yeah. Like you say it, I know who you're on about, and I'm like, stop it. It's like it's like <laughs> when I refer to popular UK burger chain Burger King. Oh. But yeah, this this was originally w- one guy who goes to LA and uh, and plays Russian roulette. Speaking of which, yeah, would you like to play a game? I 
Would love to. What's the game this week? Russian roulette, obviously. How? <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got a dice here. If you pull a gun up on the camera, right now, I'm going to be fucking. I'm going to be fuming. What point? I point, went paintballing once. All right, I don't have the equipment. Right. No, I I have got a I've got a random dice here, and what right. what chamber are you going to load your bullet into? Oh my god! Oh, am I going first in this one? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Nikki. You have right. to. Uh, I'm going to load my bullet into the... Is it a six-sided dice? It is indeed. Dungeons and Dragons nerd. <laughs> it's not 20 chambers in a revolver, Ben. <laughs> Just had to double-check, you know, if it was a D20, a D10, a D8. It's a D5 and a half. Might be a D4. Let's get crazy. <laughs> I'm going to put my bullet into the number four chamber. Right, okay. Are you just, it's, this whole game is you roll the dice. If it's four, I die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, okay. and then, I'll, then I'll load, and then I'll roll the dice. Got you. So got listeners, you, you, take your bets now. One of yeah. us is one of us is walking out of here. Yeah. The other one. And the other one is walking out of here because they're not going to know that they're dead. It's a hundred percent win rate. Russian roulette. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. Right. Can't lose. Right. You ready? <laughs> you ready? Go for it. Yeah. Bullets. Mao. 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 Oh. Mao. It's, it's a two. Click. Oh, I live. You live. I live. Right. You ready? <sighs> Thank fuck. All right. I'm brushing my shoulders off. I'm not ready what? for this. I'm what? loading. I'm loading. I'm loading into number six. Number six. Okay. okay. Last chamber. Mao. Mao. Click. It's a four. Ooh. Ooh. Fucking hell. Right. I know. God, you just changed. for a second. Just. <laughs> I know. I'm just spinning a random dice on yeah. Google Chrome, but I am getting mm. a little bit tense because I've seen this film. <laughs> Mate, I'm sweating. I hate this Wait. game. <laughs> <laughs> Should we double the odds? Let's what, get out. Are you we gonna? Fu- are you are Mike. Episode. You are Mike, and I'm Nikki in this whole thing. <laughs> Fuck me. What are you want to put here. three bullets in? We're gonna th- put three bullets in. What are your three chambers? Oh, one, three, and six. One, three, and six. Right, Mao. One, three, and six. Mao. Mao. Two. Oh, thank fuck. Okay. okay. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm go. Sweating. Right? I'm actually sweating. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, one, two, and three. All right, and then put uh, dude, one, no, two, and no, three. No, 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 I don't think that's a good idea, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't think that's yeah, a good idea, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mao! Oh, I'm dead. Bang. I don't like this game. <laughs> I don't like this game at all. This is, I mean, it's very, it's lore accurate, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not having well, a fun time. <laughs> I hope, I hope the listeners at home have made a good amount of money on, uh, on our game. I hope you all put your money on Ben living. Uh, which leads me to the question, Ben, what are you going to rate 1978's Michael Cimino directed, Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, Meryl Streep and John Cazale starring The Deer Hunter, now available on Studio Canal Presents, available on Amazon Prime? It is, it's a fat 10 by a fucking long shot. This might be the fattest 10. <laughs> this might be the fattest 10. This is film that... is not made for me. It's not right, my cup yeah. of tea. Yeah. It's not something that I'm going to rush to watch again because it has emotionally devastated me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a perfect movie. It's, it is incredible. It's painful, slow, mm-hmm. punishing, just absolutely savage. Yeah. 
What an incredible piece of cinema. An incredible oh, piece of cinema. Fattest I'm 10. so glad you enjoyed it because for me, it's also a fat 10. Of course. And it's been one of those ones, every time I've thought about it, I'm like, there is no way Ben will enjoy this. And I'll then have to spend an hour defending something I deeply love against someone who's going, it's three hours long. <laughs> it's three hours long, Rob. <laughs> and like we did the Snyder cut of, of Justice League. Do you know what I mean? And we spent the whole time going, it's too long. If you need that long yeah. to tell a story, you you failed at storytelling. We were wrong. We were massively wrong. You can you can spend three hours, you can spend three hours telling a story and have every minute be necessary. It is the yes. fattest ten. We've just got time before we head out for comment corner. I have two. I've got one where they sort of back onto each other. Uh, it's on one of our national treasure reels on Instagram. Whoop, whoop. It's uh Real Ruel absolute don from the states he says if you don't do con air in the near future we can't be friends and it's with a sort of you know the the i call it the italian emoji like the waving oh yeah, the hands, yeah, like, yeah, yeah we can't be friends yeah yeah it's yeah. how i've read it okay uh chapin hall comes back to that he says 100 percent. that's an incredible idea mm-hmm. like this is now my favorite episode oh, meaning wow. national treasure please do more questionable films Oh, buddy. I fucking love that, Chapin Hall. You are giving us free reign to get weird. (laughs) And it's what I need. Let's get weird. Okay, well, that's opened some floodgates I don't think that can ever be closed. Let me tell you a story about a film called Love on a Leash. No, we're we're not. Yes, let's do Love on a Leash. I'm saving that for the first live show, should we ever get there. Oh, Um, uh, should we? Uh, Ken Fairclough uh, got in touch on uh, one of our District 9 reels uh, regarding the relocation by the government of people out of the slums that the film was filmed in to say, uh, yes, out of the goodness of their heart, they made a sci-fi alien movie to bring attention to poverty. I don't buy it. And I want to say, no, obviously, they didn't make District 9 because that was happening, but it was a fortuitous set of of circumstances. For some Um, people, fortuitous. I mean, on the (laughs) other side of the coin, it's very unfortuitous. I would say. You'll love this District 10. District 10 is dead nice, mate. It's dead nice. Got big tents. Great tents. <laughs> That's all the time we have for this week. Join us next week when we will be back on our Neil Blomkamp train. Yeah. This episode is proudly sponsored by Studio Canal Presents, a brand proudly. new streaming service available on Prime Video right now. Link is in the description of this episode and our bios for all of our socials. As this is our first sponsored episode, uh, we wouldn't be here without you, dear listener. Uh, So we want to say thank you for all the support. And as a little pay it forward, we're donating all the proceeds of this sponsorship to the mental health charity Mind. This podcast helps us with our mental health. And we're incredibly lucky to be in a position to have that outlet that helps us in that way. And so our first ever paycheck is going straight back to some people who don't have what we do. So thank you to Studio Canal Presents. Everyone go start their free seven-day trial on the brand new Studio Canal Plus streaming service available through Amazon Prime. Watch The Deer Hunter. And most importantly, thank each and every one of you for supporting this show that helps us out so fucking much. It means the fucking world to both of us. Really does. Now I'm going to cosplay a society and do what society always does and tell you to consume while Ben wraps up. How? How? how, how <laughs> with this film, how? Wraps up me- the meaning and messages <laughs> of this film. <laughs> 
into something to thank you for spending an hour of your time with us that will help you feel a little bit better about your own struggles. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to tell you to consume. Appreciate the little things, man. Like the small town living, the group of friends you've got around you. You never know when you're living the good days until it's too fucking late and you're looking at them in your rear view mirror of your El Camino as you're driving up a mountain to a hunt with a bunch of people that you're about to go to war with but then you also might come back a different person do you know what I mean just just fucking live in the moment as much as humanly possible I know it's solid I'm saying that I'm, I'm anxiety ridden thinking about the future and the past but the one thing that I can take away from everything and ev- every situation that I'm in right now is that Studio Canal Presents gives you a seven day free trial you can watch the day hunter on it right now <laughs> Mao! Mao! <laughs>